Good evening, church. How we doing tonight? A couple people are excited for Jesus. Amen. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, you know, I, I love Wednesday nights. It's just a night we get to come. We get to worship, right? Midweek. I think it's important midweek to come out and fellowship with believers. Amen. So tonight's the night for that. Um, also, I just want to say that I believe the Holy Spirit has plans tonight, just like he does every day in our lives. Amen. So tonight, let's just pray real quick and let's just get into worship of our God and our Savior. God, I thank you tonight, Jesus, that you are in control. I thank you, God, that your hand is upon us. It's guiding and protecting and leading us every day. And God, we are here tonight to give you our worship and give you our praise, to exalt your name for who you are and what you do in our lives. God, as you see us and you have purpose for us, God, and we want to love on you tonight. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Jesus. Come on, let's just sing tonight.
God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. God, we give you praise tonight in this place, God. Come on, church. We're going to sing this anthem of our house. Only belief. Come on, just one more song tonight in worship. God, we expecting, God, a miracle every day of our lives, God. Come on, let's just sing this together.
Amen. Amen. We believe in a big God, do we not? I believe tonight's going to be a powerful night. You know, the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's in our midst. And I believe we have a God that has good things to store for us tonight. Pastor's not here, unfortunately. Uh, this is going to sound like a funny story that Pastor and Pastor Phyllis will share, but uh, he thinks he got food poisoning today. I got a call just a few hours ago from Pastor to Eric. My stomach is hurting really, really bad. He's kind of feeling like he's going to go both ways kind of thing, if you know what I'm saying. I won't be graphic with those details. And uh, I said, I said, Pastor, what happened? Did Pastor Phyllis cook for you? Now, I promised Pastor Phyllis I would clarify this. She said she didn't. Uh, Pastor was out and I guess got a hot dog somewhere that just didn't agree with him. So uh, uh, in all sincerity, Pastor Phyllis did had nothing to do with Pastor not feeling good tonight. But she is tending to him. So... I'm glad that, uh, you know, she's there for him and taking care of, care, care of him, and that uh, I'm sure Pastor will feel better. Let's just do something right now. Let's just lift Pastor up in prayer. Let's believe God for a touch in his body, if we would. Father, I just thank you, God. Lord, as I said, as two or three are gathered in our, your name, you're in our midst. And, Father, I thank you, God. There's no distance in prayer. Lord, I speak to Pastor. I, I command that sickness, that virus, that, that food poisoning to be released from his body right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord for your healing power, touching him and making him well. We command the sickness to be gone and never to return again in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, although pastor's not here, anyone that we put in this pulpit on a given night, understand, has pastor's seal of approval. And we believe it's a God moment for everyone that's going to come. We want to welcome those who are watching via live stream. We're so glad you tuned in. We know you watch us uh, faithfully from about every state in America and many countries of the world. So we just want to say thank you for being part of our service. We know God's got a plan for you tonight as well and that you'll be touched in a, in a powerful way. If we have any first-time guests, if you would, would you mind just raising your hand right now? Uh, our ushers have a special gift just for you that we want to bless you with. Uh, inside this packet has uh, a couple of coupons. Well, actually, there's a card here that you fill out. And go out to the cafe. You can get a coupon out there uh, where you can get a free drink or food of your choice. Or in, and you can also get a free CD of tonight's message. It's just our way of saying thank you for coming, and we trust you to be blessed by tonight's service. Uh, we got uh, several announcements to run by you right now. I'm going to read a few right now. How many have been enjoying Pastor's Revelation series? Hasn't that been powerful? Uh, I, 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 we've got such response on the social media, on, uh, through live streaming, of uh, course, through the congregation. Really have been blessed. In fact, I've got schools calling me saying, we want to bring our students down here just to sit under pastor for about an hour and let them share in Revelation. These are schools that aren't necessarily awful gospel per se, but they, but they hear what God's doing through this ministry. And I thought that was just a great testament because, you know, the, you know, uh, the visual walls are coming down because of some of the messages we're preaching. And I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So we're excited about that. Pastor obviously won't be here tonight and won't be, we won't be teaching on Revelation, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be getting back into gear again here in just a, a week or two. Uh, don't forget, uh, this coming Friday will be Friday Night Prayer. Uh, if you would like just to be in the service from 9 p.m. to 12 midnight, it's a time in which we come together and we pray for one for another. And we lift needs up and we see God do amazing things. We see people being healed, financial breakthroughs are taking place, uh, lost loved ones coming back to Christ. It's a time in which we can come together and pray one for another. So I encourage you, if you can make it out this Friday night, be here. We know God will do amazing things. We also have a special guest uh, coming next Wednesday. Uh, I, I think everyone here has probably heard of Darius Herrera. If not, Pastor Darius is from Cuba. Pastor and I have been there on numerous occasions. I think we've been there on probably eight or nine trips. Some of the greatest miracles I think I've ever seen have taken place in Cuba. I've seen ladies uh, that have tumors the size of basketballs have that tumor dissolve and disintegrate and be gone. I'll never forget a woman uh, in, in a city um, called Santa Clara uh, that was dying of cancer. Uh, they checked her out of a hospital. She was probably about 70 pounds, uh, just skin and bones. Uh, pastor that night was in a, we were in a church that was so full that every square inch was full of people. Every pew was filled. People were standing down the aisles, and literally they were sitting on, on, the, on, on the pulpit. Pastor had like a little two-by-two-foot square to walk around. Can you imagine Pastor, you know, like a cage lion trying to get out? Uh, he preached the gospel at night. All kinds of miracles happened. Blind eyes came open. Tumors disappeared. And as we, as, as he felt he was done, we began to walk out of the, off the platform and out the door. And we had to go outside the front of the church. And one of the ushers stopped and said, Pastor, you can pray for one more person. Please, there's, there's a person that uh, really needs prayer desperately. So we come in the front door. And it's just as crowded. So it takes us about 
10 minutes to get to this lady, and there was a lady sitting in a wheelchair, didn't even see us coming. Pastor just stretches his arm and touches the lady on the head. I remember him saying, he just got the word, in the name of Jesus, and if you didn't get the word Jesus out, that lady was touched by the power of God. She was sitting down with, it with, a, with IV in the bag above her. She jumps up out of that chair. I'm six foot three. Her backside was level with my eyesight. She comes down, hits the ground, pulls the IV out, throws it away without anybody saying a word. It was like parting the Red Sea. That woman walks down the front of the aisle towards the center of the church. Her daughter was on the praise and worship team. And as she just walks directly down the, the aisle, goes to her daughter, embraces them, and she said, God has touched me. I just felt, I just felt fire go through my body when Pastor Josie touched me. We got pictures three months later. The, la the woman had gained, already gained 25 pounds and was completely healed. We went back the next year and she came to testify she is completely cancer-free. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? Well, Pastor Darius could probably would be able to validate the story because that happened right in this church. He's going to be here next Wednesday night. It's going to be a great service. He told me he's going to be praying for people. He flows in the word of knowledge, prophetic. You won't want to miss it. So we encourage you to be here next Wednesday night. It's going to be a great time. Also, don't forget, Sunday, May 13th is Mother's Day. Uh, Pastor Patrick Phillips has a lot of great things in store uh, for all our mothers. We've got some special pictures, special prizes. So we encourage you. Uh, bring mom out. Bring grandma out. And it'll be a great time of blessing for them and honoring them for what they mean to us. I think everyone has a special heart, uh, place in their heart for their mothers. And uh, that'll be a way we can say thank you for them. Also, we got a few commercials we're going to play for you right now on the screen. So if you would, just put your attention to our big screens behind me. Ohio, make it the summer to remember. Get ready for the Summer Lights Tour with Jeremy Camp. You call me out. With special guest Corinne Hawthorne. Escape the ordinary with the Summer Lights Tour with Jeremy Camp, Matthew West, Rem Collective, and Corinne Hawthorne. July 21st, 6 p.m. at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center in Botkins. Tickets are on sale now online at SummerLightsTour.com. That's SummerLightsTour.com. The Summer Lights Tour. It's the night everyone will be talking about. Responsibility lies within every one of us. Because God alone decides. This year, I'm not holding back. In my praise, I'm not holding back. Amen, amen. We're going to have two exciting services. Uh, the Summer Lights Tour, July 21st. Uh, Matthew West Jeremy Camp, Ren Collective, as well as Corn Hawthorne. It's going to be a great concert. I believe we're going to probably sell out the place. So I encourage you, if you have interest in coming, please go online and get your tickets. And then uh, the week of Pentecost, uh, that was, a, I think, one of, the greater greater, one of the better commercials we produced. I was excited to see all the, uh, the sound bites and everything. And I believe that uh, that's going to be a life-changing uh, um, four days of, of uh, attending service. So we trust that you'll be here for that one as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings. If you uh, need a, an offering of vote, please just raise your hand right now. Uh, if you're watching via live stream, now is your time. You can click on that box below the screen, and you can give your offerings and tithes uh, as the Lord leads you to. I just want to encourage you. We, we know we get well taught here at Only Blue Ministries Christian Center. Uh, Luke 6.38 tells us, Give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men and women give under bosom. And we all know Malachi 3.10 simply says, Bring your tithes in God's storehouse that there might be meat in God's house. And he says, God says, prove me herewith. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you, that you will not have room enough to contain them. There's only one way to live under an open heaven. You can go through every scripture in the Bible. There's only one way to live under open heaven, and that's by tithing. we got some great tithers in our church. 
I know there's many of you that maybe are just attending church for a few weeks. You just got saved. Uh, you're still learning this. You're trying to get your understanding what's going on. If you want to live a life of abundance, a life of being blessed, the greatest key that you can understand is, is tithing, being a tither. That simply means giving 10% of your income that God blesses you with. God gives all of us talents and abilities. And some of us are doctors. Some of us are, you know, uh, contractors. Others uh, work, you know, at McDonald's, Walmart, wherever it might be. He's given you unique gifts and talents. He has. That is, it didn't come out of the sky. He purposely put them within you. And he wants you to use them. He says this. He says, I'm going to give you the ability to make so much money a year, and all I want you to do is give me 10% back. So I, I believe we got the best end of the deal. Amen? I remember uh, a, a little a story of a friend of mine uh, who pastored a great church. And he was telling me about a little four-year-old girl. Uh, there was a missionary at the church from uh, Burma. And the missionary was sharing about all the situations that he was going through, trying to win people for Christ. Burmese is not a, a, a nation that's very open to the gospel. So they're going through a lot of different religions. And um, as the missionary is up there sharing all the things that God's asking him to do and what he's done thus far, uh, the pastor said, you know, he could take an offering. So he said, I'm just going to receive a love offering tonight. And whatever you can give, I'm going to take back to Burma. I'm going to trust that God's going to help me to win souls. And this little four-year-old girl walks out of her uh, seat and walks down to the front. And of course, wasn't really following uh, offering protocol per se and putting, the, putting her money in the bucket. She had a penny in her hand, a bright, shiny penny. And she had just got this about a week ago. And uh, she comes and walks up the platform and walks right to the missionary and says, Sir, uh, God told me to give you this penny. And he was very humbled and just very astonished by the woman, the little girl's faith. And she said, God told me to give it to you. And he goes like, well, honey, I'm going to do all I can with that penny to win souls in Burma. And his natural mind saying, how am I going to win souls in Burma with one penny? I mean, it's going to cost me so much money to get back there. Uh, you know, I, I know what it costs to, to buy radio time or TV time or do crusades and all this stuff. And, and God just, he just, he just kind of put the penny in his pocket and said, God, you're going to have to help me. Well, the missionary gets to Burma three months later. And the, and, and the Lord reminded him of that shiny penny he still had in his pocket. And he pulls it out and said, God, what am I supposed to do with this penny? And the God said, go buy a track. So okay, I can do that. I can buy a track for a penny. Yeah, I can do that. So he buys a track. And he said, okay, now what, God? Now what am I going to do? And he said, I'm going to tell you, I want you to go to a, uh, a village where there's a young chieftain there. I'm going to direct you where to go. And I want you to give that track to that young chieftain. So he said, okay. So the missionary goes about 20, 25 miles uh, the Lord's kind of telling him, you know, turn here, turn here, okay. Yep, you're here right now. Get out. You're going to find a mission. You're going to find this young chieftain sitting in, in, in a hut, and I want you to offer him this track as a gift to him. So he does that. He goes in and, and, and sees a chieftain and introduces himself, tells him who he is and what he's there for, and says, the Lord told me to give you this track. And the chieftain was, was very uh, blessed by it. He was very encouraged by it. And the, but the chieftain was too proud to tell him he couldn't read. So... The missionary is thinking, well, mission accomplished. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I did what I'm supposed to. I'm sure that seed's going to produce a harvest, and it's going to be brought back to us, and we believe that people will be saved. But the missionary really didn't know how that was going to happen. He thought, you know, mission was accomplished by giving the track. Well, the chieftain was so blessed by that missionary giving him this gift. I mean, it's a piece of paper in many cases. He, he, he can't understand the writing on it. The, chieftains, the chieftain remembered there was someone that he met uh, about a decade ago from a village that was literally 250 miles away from the village he was in. And this is before, this is not, you know, cars and planes and stuff. He's taken walking most of the way to get there. And the Lord, and he felt, he felt impressed. I got to know what's on this track. It's, it's just driving me crazy. I got to know what's on this thing. So he goes 250 miles and, and uh, goes to a friend who could interpret, could read uh, what was on this track. And, and it was a plan of salvation. Well, the chieftain was so touched and so blessed by it, tears start rolling down his eyes. And he realized, you know what, he needed a savior. And that day he received Christ as his personal savior. The story gets even better. The chieftain, after receiving Christ, and that's with one penny, the chieftain afterwards says, I'm going to take, I'm going to go back to my village and I'm going to share with my villagers what God's done for me. So he does. You know, he's not a pulpit preacher. He's not a great orator. But he calls his village together and says, a young missionary gave me this track. And here's what it says on this track, the plan of salvation, that Jesus came to this earth to live a sinless life, to shed his blood, that our sins could be forgiven. We've been serving other gods, but the true God is, is, is right here. Hundreds of people uh, came to Christ uh, with that chieftain sharing the plan of salvation. They invite the missionary back to the village. He does a meeting there, and literally thousands came to Christ. That was because of one 
girl's penny that had the faith to say, you know what, I want to give. Sometimes we think, God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, you know, I, I'm trying to make ends meet. I'm trying to make my car payments. I'm trying to pay for my house. I'm trying to put my kids through college, whatever it might be. We all, we all been there five or six, seven thousand times probably. And it's as simple as being obedient. God wants, expects our tithes and offerings going to the storehouse, that there be meat in God's house. And I encourage you, have that same kind of faith, that innocent faith of that little girl, because you never know what a penny, what a dollar, what a hundred dollars can do to change a world for Christ's glory. So I encourage you tonight, we have great tithers in our church. If you haven't tithed, give God a shot. He tells you he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. Can you imagine walking from place to place with an open heaven over you? You're, you're, you're walking in your business. You're, 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 you're being promoted. That's because you're walking under an open heaven. The only way we can do that is by being tithers. So let's tithe with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength tonight and give offerings as we need. Let's go ahead and pray, everybody. Father, I just thank you, God, for faithful givers, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're a faithful God. That, Lord, we can never outgive you. You've given your only begotten son that we could have life and have it life abundantly. Lord, we just count it a privilege to be called sons and daughters of God. Lord, we ask you to, to just bless the, the seed that we're all giving tonight. I ask you just to multiply it back to them some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. I ask you, God, just to open up your windows of heaven upon every single person in the sound of my voice. Lord, bless them, God. Bring surprises to them, God. Give them promotion. Give them checks in the mail, God, that they weren't expecting. God, I thank you for houses and cars and just all the things that you want to bless us with because you're our Abba Father. You love us and you care for us. Father, thank you for doing this tonight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's go ahead and bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. Good evening, live streamers. This is Rob Kinsley. We're so excited I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the style rod so the, the speaker coming up doesn't use it against us. Uh, let's go ahead and give a warm welcome. We have a, a speaker tonight that's no stranger to our pulpit. Let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Kylan Boozer. I know he's got a word for us tonight. I'm going to come down here tonight. Not going to let me have the stick. No, no, I think it's too dangerous. Yeah, I thought it was the greatest thing when Pastor broke that a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. <laughs> Well, I know you were expecting Revelation, the big banner. We we're going to start finding out tonight about what happens after the rapture, and you come here for that, and then you get me. I'm sorry. I apologize for that, and hopefully I am not what's left after the rapture, at least. I um, hope I go with y'all. But anyways, um, turn to your neighbor. Just tell them that you love them, and you're happy to see them here tonight. Let them know that. And, and if you know why you love them, go ahead and tell them. I hope you have a reason. You know? Let them know you love them. And good to be in the house of the Lord together. Amen. No, no greeting with the holy kiss here. It's just, we don't want to go that far. That was the one the youth always wanted me to say. Greet your neighbor with the holy kiss. No, just, no, we'll bump elbows or something, you know, don't. None of that holy kiss stuff. <laughs> I got out of track practice today, about 5 o'clock, and my phone was blown up with text messages and missed phone calls, and they were trying to get a hold of me. Fill in tonight for pastor, so I, I quickly ran home and, and changed and showered and uh, just jotted some notes down. So I want to just share with you a little bit tonight. I, I think the last time I shared with you, just a month ago, month and a half ago maybe, um, well, remember we talked about the Jesus way and picking up your cross and following Jesus. Remember we talked about that. And, and what I said that night is, is still true. You know, I, I started uh, probably at the end of last year um, getting into this year. I started writing down notes and stuff for about 10 or 11 different sermons. And 
didn't finish many of them, but I'm still kind of jotting and working on them. But the theme just kept coming across me. This is just the very simplistic, foundational things of the kingdom of God. And there's a couple of them that may kind of head into the deep end a little bit. Most of them were very just simple things. But, you know, the simple things of the kingdom of God are the most profound things of the kingdom of God. They are the foundational things of which all things come from. So that night we talked about simply picking up your cross and following Jesus and what that meant. And I, I think tonight it's going to be another thing that we would consider uh, of simplistic in nature, but, you know, I think very profound. But um, let me just read this. I saw this actually this morning. Um, some of you are familiar with Mark Sharona. And I saw this uh, quote from him, and it kind of maybe lead into this idea of what I want to talk about tonight said this, all too often, within popular Pentecostal and charismatic communities, the emphasis on the pre predictive element of the prophetic overshadows and obscures the importance of the incarnational daily lifestyle of walking in and by the Spirit, as we prefer sensationalism to consistency. That's true. And there's nothing wrong with seeking the miraculous and, and what we would say living by the Spirit in that element, in that way. But if that's all we're looking for, we go away from the simplistic elements that all of the kingdom of God is founded upon, including those kind of things. The daily incarnational living by the Spirit that as we had first met Jesus, and however that happened, and, and you, you gave your life to him, he begins this, this living out of the new creation. He's, he's working you. He's working you over in time and in prog process and progress. Those daily things that he is asking of us as he is changing us are the things from which all the other stuff grows. But if we get away from remembering, focusing, and growing in those things, eventually all the other stuff we're seeking either gets way out of whack or we don't have it anyhow. We often uh, have a tendency to turn inwardly with everything that we see in Scripture as, as it would just benefit me alone, you know, very self-centered in other words. And we often, in charismatic and Pentecostal circles, just want to see the sensational, and that's pretty much all we're looking for. But we got to remember the everyday foundational principles of the Christian life is what makes this whole thing go. Amen. So we're going to talk about one of those things tonight. As a matter of fact, I think this is the thing once you have confessed Jesus as your Savior. Uh, Matthew 22, 34 through 40 we thought we were going to Revelation tonight, but we're going back somewhere else, and we'll get back to Revelation next week. Matthew 22, verse number 34. But when the Pharisees had heard, he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then he says something that, that's very profound. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, we know in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I, I have not come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. So he is the fulfillment of those things. And in this question, he kind of compacts the whole thing together and gives it in two great commandments. If we put it this way, love God with everything you have. Then what comes is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So immediately when you start to learn to love God and you grow in that love, he immediately says, now turn everything outward. Don't get self-centered in this whole thing. 
in, in your relationship with God, right relationship with God, right relationship that is growing with God will teach us how to have right relations with other people. And all of the law that you can find in Scripture, all the things that the prophets said and talked about, even the things that, that you may consider future things that haven't happened yet, all of it hangs on those two things. I would say that's rather foundational. I would, I would say that if we're not focusing on those two things, everything else gets out of whack or simply just will not be. Foundational things. Right relationship with God allows you to have right relationship with other people. Growing in your relationship with God allows you to grow properly in your relationship to other people. Uh, I, I helped do a wedding this past Sunday. I said in that wedding, if you guys want to make this thing, grow in your relationship with God together, then you'll learn how to be married properly together. Because right relationship with God, right relationship with each other. Amen? I'll tell you a story. Um, I think I've shared some of this before. Maybe some of you have heard this before. Uh, let me just talk a little bit about this loving other people. Um, when I was 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old, I don't remember anymore. I was trying to think. Not long ago. I was actually doing a leadership thing not long ago, and I told the story. I was 11 or 12 years old, and I remember I came home from school, and my dad said, hey, I need to talk to you, and he, he sat me down. And my dad just didn't generally do that stuff, so I thought, what is going on? You know, my dad, you know, he wasn't the sit down, let's have a talk kind of guy, you know. Sat me down, let's have a talk. He said, I need to let you know something. I said, what's that? He said, tomorrow, there's a young man coming to live with us. His name's Randy. Um, Randy is mentally handicapped. We're going to take him in for a while. That's the first thing I need you to know. Second thing you need to know is you just got a roommate. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? You know, my head is spinning. I'm like 11 or 12 years old. Randy's 16, by the way. I walk back to my bedroom, and there's another bed in my room. And I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to deal with this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Next day comes, Randy shows up. I don't like the guy. The moment he walks in my house. Five minutes later, my mom and dad or his mom and dad, he's calling them mom and dad. I'm not having any of that. You know what I'm saying? It, just kind of a, it was a very odd and, and surreal situation going on. My parents had decided to start taking in children through a foster agency. So we had Randy in my room. Um, I, don't, I don't remember time spacing anymore. Wasn't too long after that, maybe within a few months, the next two show up. Names are Josette and Annabelle. Or I'm sorry, Annabeth. Josette and Annabeth. Josette was probably 13 or 14. Annabeth was 16, 15, 16. Um, pulled from their home. They had like three older brothers. All of them were in prison for drug trafficking. They removed Josette from the situation because that's where he's headed. They pulled Annabeth, his sister, who was deaf, by the way. They pulled her because her mom was selling her body as a prostitute to support her drinking habit. A few months later, three little girls show up at our doorstep. Two in diapers, one's old enough to be out of diapers, Middle one's deaf. They brought all their belongings in a black trash bag. Everything they had was in a black trash bag. My mom opened it up. The trash bag went right to the trash. We need to start over with these girls. So after a few months, if you sat down at my dinner table, you had a young man who's mentally handicapped, a boy who was probably headed for prison, a prostitute, and three little girls that were put out of their home because their parents were doing drugs. Now, at the time, as, as 11, 12-year-old, I'm not, I'm not understanding. I'm not happy about this. 
because they actually put Josette in my room. I moved out of the room 